This is Big Man Tyrone, and you're about to watch the MTG Cabal cast with your hosts, Wode, Thirsty, and Reptar. Sub to us on all your podcast networks at MTG Cabal cast and YouTube. <laughs> all right, well, welcome guys to the newest episode of the Cabal cast. You got me and Rep as usual. Mm-hmm. This week we're going to get into what's kind of been the driving force for Magic for the last couple of years, which is like grassroots, community-driven formats. We had old school last year, so this year we're going to cover pre-modern mm-hmm. and middle school. Yes. What the differences are between the two and what you should watch out for depending on which one uh, becomes more popular. So yep. let's start it off. All right. Uh, so the first format we have, uh, just because it's the first tab I have loaded, is pre-modern. And this is the European version. Uh, Timeline-wise, yep. I believe this is the first version to yep. uh, appear. And the rule set for pre-modern is very similar to that of middle school in regards to set legality and a ban and restricted list. Though when it comes to uh, card art, they're a little more strict, kind of like the 93, 94 format. They like you to own the cards for, yeah. for that era that you're gonna play with. And when it comes to something like this format where you're not playing power, you're not playing duels, it's not too much of an ask, you know? Yeah. But when you have cards like Lightning Bolt that were printed uh, outside of that with what some people might consider uh, better art in regards to the M10 or player rewards versions, it's whatever. Yeah. And one of the big things that we have with uh, pre-modern, as I just scroll down through the ban list, is we see things like Tendrils of Agony is on here, Necropotence, we have uh, Grim Monolith, Brainstorm, and a lot of these cards will kind of fall between uh, the formats. But things like Force of Will, uh, driving yep. card in uh, old school, in legacy vintage, and in uh, middle school is banned in this format, which creates a different metagame. Yeah. Uh, we also have Tendrils of Agony, which is banned in pre-modern. Again, creating a little bit different of a metagame. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the consistent ones, you know, are going to be the anti-cards. Mm-hmm. But I, I think... Or sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you, my apologies. Oh, no, it's fine. And they have a, a watch list, which is really nice. Right now, it's just Yagmoth's yeah. Bargain, as we saw when we went by. But basically, these guys have their eye on the fact that Storm is really powerful. Otherwise, kind of anything goes in this format. If you could yeah. think back to any of the extended games people played between, like, 1999 and 2004, there's going to be decks using uh, almost every one of these cards. And a lot of interesting ways to get into this format actually comes in through the route of looking back at a lot of those old decks and seeing okay what won uh pro tours what won grand prix yeah. what won worlds when that was a thing like you can go back and you can take a look at the tinker deck that john finkel played yeah. and while uh everything is legal for that deck in pre-modern it good, good bad and different it's a great place to start tinker is also banned in middle school uh, which is interesting because, like you said, you have this. It creates a completely different metagame because cards that are also legal and pre-modern that aren't in middle school, Dark Ritual. Yes. Uh, so you you have some access to fast mana in this format, but you don't have Dark Ritual into Necro. No. You just have Dark Ritual into Yog Bargain, which is on the watch list. Yes. Rightfully so, I think the card is completely busted in half. Oh, absolutely. Um. And 
you have mana positive rocks, like unequivocally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grim Monolith is banned in pre-modern. Yes. Grim Monolith is illegal in middle school, but Mana Crypt and Mana Vault are banned. So it creates this diverse metagame where you have a little bit of exploitation between the two, the most notable of which for me is Recurring Nightmare and Survival being legal in both, both formats. formats. Yep. That is, like, the fact that Rexer is an engine just runs around unchecked is insane to me. Yeah. Uh, but I get right now the formats are in their infancy. That may change. It may not be good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, you know, to me, the one that I could see it more rationally being legal in is middle school because middle school has a force check. Yes. So you don't have dark rituals, so you can't like turn one a necro. Necro, which is legal, by the way, in middle school. Yogg's Bargain is banned. Uh, but it's it's just seeing the European and American schools of thought and magic. Oh yeah. The the European is, you know, much more freeloading. We like eternal formats, we like doing crazy things, and that's fine. Whereas the American school is much more of the like, we want to do slightly unfair things, but we want to be reasonable about it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's always been kind of interesting to me to see that dichotomy. Oh yeah. Uh, and we can actually see that uh, through deck lists for these events, because a lot of what we've been doing over the last couple of weeks is mulling about, okay, we don't know which one of these formats is really going to be the one to take off. This is one of those uh, uh, Betamax, VHS, HD, yeah. DVD, Blu-ray kind of arguments, but we don't have a larger <laughs> entity to tell us which one to, to stick with, right? Yeah. So do we look at overlapping elements in these formats that are underpriced, or we just kind of stick to our guns and go with, let's say, uh, for us, because we're located in the, in the U.S., we go with middle school because that's backed by Eternal Central. And they're yeah. kind of the reigning authority in the U.S. for 93-94 as well. People play by the EC rule set, you know, because it's a little more lax, especially when it comes to uh, card editions and art like we talked about. Yeah. And what we notice when we look at the European metagame is that there's a lot more control in that format because you don't have a force of will to just easily splash. People are dedicating to control decks instead of playing uh, things like counter rebels all over the place or counter sliver. So you have uh, a deck like the one I have up at the top here, four color control that runs absorb, which is interesting. And you know, actually, you know, counter spell direct accumulate knowledge. The reflecting pools and as many pain lands as the deck can squeeze into a four or five color shell. You yeah. Know, go down the page. We do actually have a uh, a storm deck that runs brainstorm because tendrils is banned. Uh, it still has cabal ritual and dark ritual because this is a different format. <clears throat> and reign of filth with four bargain and four <laughs> ill gotten gains. This isn't the kind of storm deck we see in 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 a uh, middle school. Middle school no. it's a little tighter. It's a little more. Uh, kind of legacy-esque in that regard. Yeah. And then we have creature decks in the uh, pre-modern format. We have elves, which doesn't exist yeah. yet in in middle school. And that's not because no. of uh, the fact that something is banned in this list from one to another. And I believe under this we have goblins as well. Just mono-red, not yeah. even uh, goblin bidding, a combo deck. Yeah. It's just because the ban lists are shaped the way they are, there are these two disparate formats. And it, it's made things a little interesting for us, especially when yeah. we're looking to move in and say, okay, if we want to play this format you know, ourselves and we want to play you know, decks that we like, what do we need? How can we get ahead of this and pick things up? And it's like, okay, you know, 
do we want a double-edged sword and pick up stuff that we know will go up in time with the uh, idea to play it or do we just buy stuff to hold do we go in on gold border cards because you can do that in the u.s in middle school yeah, yeah. and that's kind of created this interesting dichotomy for us uh, so with pre-modern we have that interesting uh band list that was also done nicely in images compared to the middle school band list which is just kind of a heinous text list and we have american laziness at yeah. its finest you know, Brainstorm is still here, like I said, but we have uh, Dark Ritual, we have Flash, we have Goblin Recruiter, which I uh, believe we also have in uh, pre-modern. But then we have Lion's Eye Diamond, Monocrit, Monovault, Memory Jar, Mind's Desire, all these Storm cards that kind of that create a, a vintage shell. Yeah. But then after that, it's just kind of generic effects until we get to Strip Mine, Tinker, uh, Talarian Academy, which is, you know, you ban that card. Whenever you're not playing vintage. Yeah, you do. And then Vampiric Tutor, Yogmoth's Bargain, and Yogmoth's Will. And this yeah. this creates a, a much different format because you have that force check. And because you have a lot more of the fast, the fast mana available with Grim Monolith. Yeah. And it allows Mud decks to exist. The John Finkel Tinker deck that I, I mentioned earlier, despite the fact that Tinker is banned in middle school, you can still power out a Phyrexian Colossus or something just as equally dumb. Yeah. Stifle is legal in this format. You can play a Phyrexian Dreadnought. Stifle Knot. Yeah. How did I not think of that? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> and the US format, uh, we had an event at the Mythic Championship on Friday night. Yep. And we look at these decks, and we have uh, two Oath decks. We have Reanimator decks, which seemingly don't exist in the European metagame right now. Or yeah. if they if they do, they're uh, not really represented. Uh, Land still. Survival decks, which are huge. That card is insanely expensive right now. Yeah. Compared to what it does. Uh, Oath Tricks, which is not a deck I'm familiar with. And then it's a uh, rector splashed an oath, so you can get donations of grandeur. Okay, so illusions donate combo. Got it. Yeah, the yep. tricks part of it, huh? Yeah. And then cocoa pebbles, which is the goblin bombardment enduring renewal combo deck. Like with force of will, that deck is just two, just three colors and a bunch of zeros. It's super easy to play, and it allows you to yeah. to just kind of splinter twin off at a yeah. moment's notice. Like a, a good chunk of this event is combo based. And I'm going to yeah. go ahead and say the majority of this is backed by Forcible, and that's kind of this disparate metagame that we mentioned. And it it creates an interesting playing field because we've just been talking about dumb stuff. Like, okay, who has an Astral Slide list from 2003? Yeah. This guy. <laughs> and, like, are we going to foil it out? I don't know. I might. I got to buy some Judge uh, Dragons and Angels. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. And we're like, okay. City of Traders is legal with Grim Monolith. How do we bust bust that open? How do we yeah. take advantage of survival? How do we take advantage of what we can in this format, not just to play, because this is an era of magic that we love and we talked about early on as being, uh, in an earlier episode when we first mentioned this format, as being a nostalgia-based format like 93-94, but more appealing because the player base is much larger. Yeah. you know, If we want to play the finance game here, what do we do? And this is a long-winded intro for just that. Yeah. Two formats defined by similar but incredibly different ban lists and focusing on one, deciding which is better for you, and then trying to pick your targets appropriately. Yeah. So with that in mind, a little of insight of what we had a conversation going over the weekend 
and because things were kind of dull with a mythic championship going, nobody's buying into standard. It, it, it not, yeah. not standard foils, not Crazy right now. Things are a little slow. We said, okay, what do we look at? You know, what unique cards can we pick up, and in what conditions, and and what uh, printings. And something that was suggested was City of Traders Gold Border. One of the World Championship decks, or maybe multiple, have City of Traders for, is it, uh, they're, they're under $20 right now? Yeah. Was that uh, eBay, TCG, everywhere, under $20 for Gold Border City of Traders? Okay, insane. And there yeah. are uh, ancient tombs that accompany that too. Cheap tombs, yep. right? Okay. So those are un- those are unique, and uh, they do make it into legacy, vintage. But people don't really play those formats with gold border cards a lot, unless they're play testing. And uh, EDH players uh, come and go on those cards. Not everybody needs them. Not everybody cares. Yeah. Okay. And then I, we moved on. It's okay. You know what other gold border cards are really popular? You have Force of Will. You have Wasteland. You have Survival Cradle, of the Fittest. Cradle. Survival. Um, yeah. I think Recurring Nightmare. It is, yeah. Yep. And some uh, the 2002 World's decks are really weird. That's when a deck called Machine Head was really big, and it was black, red, green, I think. And it had, like, Nether Spirits, Spirit Mongers, and Skizix. Yeah. that card. Urza's Rage. <laughs> like, all these cards that could be players in this format that are decent. Uh, yeah. I think there's a Goblin Bidding deck from, that world, from the next Worlds. That is... 100% legal, mm-hmm. and that's like a turn three combo yep. deck. It's insane. And so we, we we need to look at, we started looking at, okay, what is niche just for this format? Do we want to focus on that, or do we want to look at multi-format cards? Okay, if we look at multi-format cards, what about something like Wasteland? Wasteland yeah. has a number of printings, it's true, and if you're a cheap EDH player, and that's no fault of your own because that format gets expensive quickly, Yeah, you would probably buy the gold border version. But because Wasteland's been printed so many times, is somebody breaking into 90, or not in 394, middle school going to buy a gold border version of this card compared to uh, EMA? Was it that the most recent printing? I think it was EMA, yeah. For like $5 more? Probably not, so we can skip that card. All right, Forcible, what about that card? That, people are going to buy that card in gold border because it's an EDH staple, and that card just did not go down as, as far as a lot yeah. of people expected with the printing. Yeah. And we just have this kind of open dialogue about what we're looking at. And it's really interesting because there are a lot of factors to consider, especially if you're looking for arbitrage opportunity from overseas. I haven't really looked into MKM, but I believe we've had a number of people, and I don't know if uh, you have, Jason. Have you taken a look at MKM yet? Yeah, I've taken a look at MKM, and some of the things that are really notable is like, so Landstill exists in both of these formats. Yes. Uh, You know, it... It's a powerful archetype. The only thing you're missing in one format as opposed to the other is Force, which it turns out is kind of a big deal. Uh, Anyways, looking at cards from, like, that deck, for example, uh, when I looked at, you know, like, Decree of Justice, the foils are already more expensive in Europe than they are in the United States. Mm -hmm. And the thing that makes that interesting is that foils are typically, you know, that type of chase pimp is an effect... It's a thing that's mostly popular in the States. Yes. So seeing that that is already at a higher value overseas indicates to me that these cards are undervalued here. Mm-hmm. So that's the type of thing that, all right, well, there's, you know, a few sellers in Europe. It's not a supply issue. Uh, it's 
a demand issue. And there's a few sellers in Europe that have it already after conversion, just straight euro to dollar conversion for more than US. The cheapest one I think on MKM at the time of recording is 25 euros. Okay. The cheapest I found was an LP for $13 on TCG for a set foil. That's basically buy list in Europe. Yep. So that's the type of thing that, you know, I and I always laugh because part of the middle school announcement was, you know, please kindly copulate with yourself if you're oh, yeah, an MTG finance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but of course, that's what we that's what we do. So we're gonna look. And that's the type of thing that, okay, that price already exists at a higher number over there. Mm -hmm. So if we move into those here, worst case scenario, someone will notice arbitrage copies over to Europe and the price is still bumped. Because at this point, like we mentioned before, we're in such a global market oh, yeah. that it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that price is going to stick. And there's things like forbid. Uh, it's... You know, Tax Rack is another deck. I love it. Sacred Mesa, Land Tax, Scroll Rack is... Ooh, love it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's that's the type of thing that exists in both metagames. Yes. So I looked at the Forbid promo. So the Forbid promo, the Old Border F&M foil. Yep. Uh, currently, there are, between LP and Near Mint, 29 prices on TCG. That's right now. Mm-hmm. There are over a hundred when I checked MKM. Granted, it was yesterday. That could have changed. Uh, over there, and they're a little bit lower than the U.S. price. Interesting. Probably a supply thing, obviously. So that says to me, Forbid might not be a good target. Yep. Because if that doesn't take off here, if the format just doesn't happen here, then there's no out. Yeah. Uh, granted, both formats exist, but. I don't really think, for me, it didn't make sense to do it. Like, the cheapest LP on MKM right now is 9 euros. Okay. The cheapest on TCG is $18. Oof. So, it doesn't make sense to move in on it. Yeah. Because there's just way too many over there. That's a card that's most likely, if I had to guess, and I'll check now, floated by EDH. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah. By, by backable counter spell, I think there's two of them. Forbid is one of them. Uh, the other one was Gotcha, the Gotcha spell from Unhinged. Yeah. Or whatever it was that had that. Yes. Um, 7,000 decks according to EDH rec, which is not a, an amazing number, but it is played in a variety of decks. Yeah. So those those are the type of things that I look out for. And when I notice that, especially in the European metagame, because for right now, love it or hate it, this this is starting like old school. Oh, yeah. It has to stick in Europe before it sticks here. Because you don't have the same mentality, I feel, for players over here. It's not necessarily always about having fun. A lot of players here are playing it to, you know, chase their dream. Yeah. They want to spike an event. You're not going to see a lot of people besides old heads that were already going to kitchen table this stuff anyways uh, that are going to do something with that. So that's, that's what I generally look for. What is... Because right now the market is solid in Europe. All right, how does it exist in Europe compared to here? Mm -hmm. What is higher over there than here? Because those are things that are going to hold their price. Yeah. So that's what I go for. No, it makes sense. And uh, one of the things that we saw because you were at the, the Mythic Championship this weekend was in cases foil fetch lands from Onslaught mm -hmm. and every foil pain land available just in and out of cases or yeah. not there at all at an event that 
generally would, should, or could have them. Yeah. And uh, you, you mentioned, and we put this out in uh, a tweet, if you were following us, that these were mainly going to European vendors. Yeah. So it, it's, like, it's the type of thing that they clearly love. Yep. And it's a market that's solid there. It's consistent. So there's no reason not to assume it's going to stick around. Yeah. And that is a, a little bit of a contradictory statement when we talk about like something the in the neighborhood of the Decree of Justice pimp. Uh, you know, yeah. that, that is a car that is uh, seen in, in pre-modern, as are the Fetchlands and Painlands. But the Fetchlands and Painlands do more. They're in yeah. alternative formats as well. It's not like a niche a niche thing for this yet. Uh, there are yeah. vendors that are probably trying to get ahead, and we have no clue as to the temperature in Japan for this format yeah. either. I haven't seen any results yet. I have um, not either. Uh, it took Kairuya, one of the only other large uh, tournament organizers I know, to host Frontier events to jump on that bandwagon by about a year. Yeah. Maybe, and so things could be going. We just don't know yet. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. Uh, when uh, speaking of the Forbid F and M promo, that is one of the things that we did comb through as well. We pulled yep. up uh, a list of not arena promos, but F and M promos from you know the, all time, and basically looked yeah. through and said, "What is in this format? What looks underpriced compared to utility? And what goes in any deck that's either a competitive right now or b could be competitive moving forward?" And we found things like Ravenous Baloff has an F and M promo that was super cheap. Um, yeah, Anathematics not playable. That's one I remember. Uh, Swords is infinite. We know Brainstorm yeah. does, but there's Memory Lapse. Which has an F and yeah. Pro. Uh, Circular Logic is already expensive, but that's because of Popper. Yeah. And uh, I believe uh, uh, Goblin War Chief, the one from Scourge, has an F yeah. promo. Goblin Ringleader has yeah. an F promo. These guys are currently, uh, you know, underpriced. Yeah. Uh, compared to utility within this format, I, I might add. And that's an interesting list to comb through for finance. You know, if you if you can find those lists, like I was talking about earlier, you know, what won GPs, what won uh, extended GPs, what won uh, uh, worlds in that era. You can come through and you can find some great deals for F&M promos, for uh, gold border cards, but you've got to want to dedicate to this stuff too. Yeah. You can't just pick up a couple cards, uh, call it quits, and just say, you know, I'm done specking on this format. You know, you, you've got yeah. to move in now and know your outs moving forward. And so finding a card that's floated by multiple formats if possible or something that you know already has uh, desirability in Europe like we were just talking about is a card you're probably going to want to move in on yeah you know something like contested cliffs probably isn't a, a bad call either uh, the onslaught uh, arena basically I'll bring that up real quick yeah uh, it was huge yeah. in two or three decks for a number of years running uh, red green land destruction yeah. which is a deck that people love to play in all formats i think uh you're currently working on ponza right yeah i'm uh i'm gonna call it goyce gone wild yep. because i run magnivore and terravore which are goyce and wildfire so there we go yep uh, ggw and it was played in uh, a red green beast deck circa 2003 with hunted wumpus and uh ravenous baloff and so and uh the aether flash i think the beast for damage one yeah yeah and it just puts two creatures in arena, and they fight. That's it. The end. Yep. And this was printed in Onslaught and Commander 2013, which means there's only one foil version of this card available, which is Onslaught, a low print run set, comparatively speaking. Um, yeah, to what we have today, yeah, and exactly. it's like two fifty. Uh, ah. Oh, a dollar fifty for low right now. That's pretty good. Yeah, 
And if again, if I had to guess, this is a card that's going to be floated by EDH Rec. Maybe not the foil price, obviously, but in time, as this disappears, yeah, people who want to play, you know, red green beats or Nea beats, yeah. uh, fourteen hundred decks, which is kind of pitiful. That's like the five percent or under population at a GP if you're looking at four X cards, and it's only in red green decks, basically. Yeah. So maybe not the best float, but it's one of those things that will hold in time because just the sheer population is low. On this yeah. Card. Yeah. And definitely, definitely something I think, like you said, that type of effect was a popular ever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, let's do it. Yeah, and I, uh, you know, the the bunch of us that were talking about this over the last couple of days agree. This is you know a great format for for nostalgia. It might be hard to find play groups, but they are out there. Yeah. And it's. If it sticks, it's definitely going to be something that's probably going to be much more of a finance driver on a large swath of cards than 93-94 was. Yeah. 93-94 is like very much laser-focused once you cut out all the noise of uh, reserve list stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, discount random Please. things like Wall of Kelp, which I'll harp on into eternity, from ninety from like 93-94 buzz. That's just people buying alpha beta stuff, kind of kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, when that stuff went up, it wasn't always ninety three, ninety four. That was collectability things. Yeah, but like intuition, for example, there's a card that's legal in both formats. It's one of the most powerful tutors ever printed. It's it's something that yes, it's also reserve list. But in ninety three, ninety four, like you said, it's the cards that are worth money that aren't RL are pretty tightly focused. Yep. This has a wide, wide range of what it can hit. Cabal Therapy is one of the best disruption cards for a combo deck. Oh, yeah. There's a ton of printings that are all legal. Go for it. Why Why would you not? Yeah. You know? Yeah, and looking at this list that we saw for uh, decks that came mm. out of the Cleveland event, you can kind of uh, go through because there are a handful of photos, and you'll see there's uh, Madness Survival out there, and that deck is going to most likely play Intuition. Yep. You know, uh, there is uh, the Orm's Chant deck. It's actually, sorry, not Orm's Chant. It is the, uh, not Tricks, the Fruity Pebbles deck or Cocoa Pebbles, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Cocoa Pebbles, yeah. It's running Orm's Chant. That, that is a card that was always expensive. Yeah. And, will, and then tanked. Yep, and will now be expensive again. Yeah. And then we have a control deck uh, with Morphling. Like, was oh, that a Curevix Torch? Yeah, it's a Kyrvex yeah, Torch. Yeah, it's running Kyrvex Torch. Yeah. Yep. There's another one. People don't know that card exists. No. That's, you know, it, it's sure it's an uncommon and a high print run for the time set, but it might go only from 5 to 25 cents, but yep. hey, that's the type of fallout that you're looking at from this stuff is the floor on a lot of that old stuff just increases, and oh, that's yeah. how it works. Yep. And so you gotta you got to pick and choose wisely. Pick the format that's most relevant to you, and then from there, figure out what you want to do. Do you want to play the format, or do you want to invest in the format? If you want to invest yeah. in the format, what does the ban list tell you about that format? And start to build your own opinions and your own thoughts about this format, because it is like wild and crazy. Yeah. And I hadn't gone through this page of uh, deck lists yet, uh, sorry, the results set yet, and uh, I think it's going to be hard to see, but I've got two photos up. One is of Red Green Survival, Casting a ravenous Baloth, and the, the photo below that is the Sutured Ghoul combo deck. Yeah, with city, with city of Traders on the battlefield. Both of these yeah. cards, we just kind of sh took a shot in the dark on, based on what we knew. People like to play in this format. Yeah, 
and this is going to take some research for people. It's going to take time. I, I, I said the other day, like, I want to start moving on certain things in this format, not just so I can play them, but as a, a finance, because it's a finance driver as well. I just yeah. haven't taken the time to really sit down and learn what the, these separate ban lists that create two wildly different formats are, are doing to the finance drivers on this. Yeah. What do they mean in the long run for things? And that's a, a big hurdle to get over. And that's definitely something that you need to spend some time on and, and you know, read through this. Eternal Central isn't just the only place you can find results for this format. Eternal Central is just the only place is just the place that happened to run this event that we're looking at. Yeah. And the the last one, maybe a month ago, that was publicized. Yeah. They yeah. do have if you follow them on Twitter, uh, it's middle school magic is the Twitter account. Okay. They actually post when they're doing these pop up events. Yep. There is one coming up on the 9th in Chicago that they're doing okay. of March. So that's your spot to see it, basically. Yep. That's where you're going to find out, and I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just brought the Middle School Magic MT MTG hashtag, and you know, sure enough, here's this event. And then slightly below that is our hashtag for middle school. Yeah. <laughs> shameless plug and then yeah it's just a yeah. bunch of photos of the format and this is kind of how 93 94 grew you know just a bunch of grumpy old guys coming together to drink beer and play this incredible format yeah and there's you know it look at what 93 94 did to the financial aspect of this game sure power was rising a steady you know 10 15 percent a year power prices almost doubled mm-hmm over the course of a six-month span. Yeah. In March last year, I bought a Lotus for 3100 In August, I sold it for 52 Yeah. Like, that's that's insane. Oh, and absolutely. that's the type of thing you can see happen here. And we're just trying to, you know, hey, guys, pay attention to this. Get ahead of it if you want to, because this is the reality. Yeah. You know, I, EC's great, but they can't stop the financial side from getting there. Money is tied to this game forever. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, this is definitely kind of a, a vomit of information, but that's really how this format is because it's a lot of bouncing back and forth. The moment you dedicate to one, you're just kind of stuck to it. And yeah. trying to understand both and provide that information kind of creates this just constant flow of seemingly of seemingly noise. So, you know, thanks for sticking with us. And as things happen, we're, we definitely want to keep you know, talking about it and, and touching on this topic because... This is a format in its infancy. It will be a driver, and there's going to be a lot of interesting things going on. We have a popper event at GP or Magic Fest LA. Is it yeah. this weekend or next? It's coming up. People are already a buzz about it, like they were when it was announced. And Channel yeah. Fireball has been amenable to holding non-sanctioned format events at their uh, previously GPs, and hopefully now Magic Fest as long as enough people ask. So. Yeah. If you follow that hashtag, you follow the Twitter accounts, you start seeing people petition CFB on social media for these events, they might start popping up at Magic Fest. And it only takes one or two before a lot of players move into this format, and a lot of these staples just kind of skyrocket. Yeah. So, you know, better. I don't want to say better late than never, but this is the kind of thing where if, you, if you're remotely interested in this format, you know, we're at Now's that Now's the time. Yeah, we're at yeah. that point. Now is the time. The... What's the saying? The best time to plant a tree is six months ago. Yeah. After that, it's today. Yes. So here's your today, guys. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then, you know, with that, we're just going to kind of call things here and we'll toss out our picks on the way out. And so uh, on Friday, we tossed some, some picks out there and I had uh, 
kind of a, an epiphany. I was thinking about a uh, somebody else's picks, another podcast picks, and that was that uh, Paradox Engine might be underpriced right now, and yeah. I did a little digging and I found out that you can actually arbitrage as of my uh, my yeah, posting. See. Yeah, from TCG Player directly to Card Kingdom for several dollars profit. There's maybe about 15 Paradox engines floating out there below Card Kingdom's uh, buy, buy list. list. Yeah. It was Friday at 10.29 in the Patreon Discord. Yep. Another shameless plug. Yeah. I I made that call, and I, I don't know if the, the copies are still kicking around on TCG Player. I just kind of set it and forget it. But looking yeah. at, at the price, you know, there's a, a steady uh, hold on it right now. Uh, it's probably floating... If I had to hit TCG Player, probably about 16, not the 18 that MTG Stocks is showing us right now. Yeah. But it ran up from below 10 to 15 in its holding. Uh, this is a card that has one and a half printings. It's got a masterpiece. And yeah. outside of another Commander-style set where they want to do another Artifact deck, they didn't get punished for the Sahili deck, you were probably never going to see this card again. It's going to be like Rings of Brightheart. Yeah. It just does too many weird things to put in another format, yep. especially another artifact-based format. So between now and the end of Forever, this is at minimum a $25, $30 card, just because you, if you have rocks out in play already, you land it, that's game over. Yeah, it you, is, you win pretty quickly thereafter. Yep, it, it's a card I use in the engine of my Bosch deck. And nice. W just with this in mono brown, you can draw infinitely, you can deal infinite damage, and you can... Uh, you can't play vaults, so uh, no. Yeah. You can't. You can't take infinite turns. But can you do all the important things infinitely with yeah. this card? Everything that's important in EDH, yeah. you can do. And if the card, the Card Kingdom uh, buy price tells you anything, it's that this card is being bought. It's being used. It's being played. It's organic demand. It's not a no. You know, nobody's making a run. And at yeah. some at some point, when stock dips down low enough, we'll see that CK buy list go well above twenty. Yeah. It's currently for those sticking around still twelve fifty, which is technically below the price. Yeah. Uh, or is below TCG low. But the foils are twenty-three dollars for the pack foil and twenty-four for the pre-release, which is equal to TCG low right now. So still still pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, my pick sort of shoehorning into our discussion today and I touched on it a little bit last week with my pick. My pick this week is the Deckmaster version of Necropotence, Necropotence, however you want to say it, whatever. Uh, it's from the Richard Garfield versus John Finkel Deckmasters, whatever. It's the original art. Mm -hmm. It's a foil printing. Mm -hmm. It's a card that even if middle even if middle school is not the format that takes off and it's pre-modern, okay, Necro's banned. $16 for that old art and foil yeah. is insane because that art is so iconic. The card is so powerful. I don't even know. It's probably tens of thousands of EDH rec decks that have it. Sure, you can get the Eternal Masters foil if you want. But it's but different art. It's different art, and the price difference is negligible compared to the good art. Like right now on TCG, there's 20 total listings mm -hmm. of the Deckmaster foil. Okay. From the Vault has 43 for the, in my opinion, worse art. Uh, not a fan. Foil on Ema has 29 results. 
and the low there is $9, so there's a $5 difference. There is no reason this card should be $16. It should be a $30 for that art foil, hands down, not close. Yeah. That's just how it is. Yep, uh, 15,000 decks on EDH rec play Necropotence. And yeah. again, it runs the gamut in colors, uh, green being the least popular, but it's represented in all five. And 15,000 on an EDH rec terms is not quite uh, tournament staple level. No, but it it's getting there. The math on it is kind of weird. We we did it. We figured it out once, but yeah, uh, you know we're getting there on this card in regards to it being a staple whenever you play black. Yeah, uh, so that's that's my pick there. I do before we sign off want to let everyone know uh, our Patreon is up and running. We are doing a giveaway, mm-hmm. so our lowest tier is a one dollar sub. When we reach one hundred subs on that Patreon, we'll pick someone at random. And they will get a box sealed with the box topper. I know that's important. Oh, it is. Of Ultimate Masters to their doorstep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a little bit of EV there. The sealed box toppers are $60 buy list if you take them to a GP vendor. Not bad. Pretty solid. Yeah. So for a dollar return, you're guaranteed at least that much out of it, which is definitely good. So oh, yeah. be sure to give us a sub on Patreon, get access to the Discord. And you can see our picks early. You can give us questions, stuff you want explored. Uh, that's pretty much it. So that's signing off. You got me at Thirsty Sizzler on Twitter. Um, at Halt I Am Reptar. We are at MTG Cabalcast on Twitter and Patreon. And we'll see you next week. Yep. See you guys. Thanks.